0: Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome now. Uh, you know, I am here with Tom McGee. He is the president and CEO of ICSC. Uh, Tom, first of all, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation.
0: It's a pleasure to be here, Gene. Thanks for having me.
1: Glad you're here. So, first of all, we're, we will talk about ICSC, but let's talk about you first. So, I know before we started recording this, you were with uh, Deloitte for, did you say, 126 years? Or was it
0: just <laughs> well, I'm not that old. I'm old and I feel old. And, <laughs> uh, and certainly the last couple of years have aged me more than, than I would like. But I was with Deloitte for 26 years and joined uh, ICSC in 2015 as, as CEO and president.
1: That's great. So, are you a, like a CPA, like a accounting in your background? I
0: am. So I was a, uh, I'm a CPA. I was an audit partner uh, at, at Deloitte. And also, you know, did M&A and mm-hmm. uh, I uh, joined Deloitte right out of college. I went to, grew up in LA. I went to Loyola Marymount University, go Lions for any, <laughs> any uh, Lion alumni, Loyola alumni that are listening and, uh, and joined Deloitte out of the LA office. I worked in LA or Orange County for close to 20 years and then mm-hmm. Uh, in 2007, I uh, moved to New York for the firm uh, and worked, continued working with Deloitte till 2015. And I got an opportunity at, at ICSC. A recruiter called me and I presented an opportunity and and uh, and I said, I, I really want to do this. And so I, I've been privileged to be at ICSC since then. So
1: why why did you really want to do it? First of all, tell us tell us what ICSC is all about. It's it's
0: yeah. innovating
1: commerce, serving communities. Is that
0: is well? That correct? I mean that that's our that's our tagline, our brand right. positioning. ICSC, our historical um, our name is the International Council of Shopping Centers. Uh, we have mm-hmm. dropped the uh, the full terminology of International Council of Shopping Centers and just go by the acronym ICSC. Um, you know, our membership is comprised of. Uh, owners, developers, uh, uh, retailers, uh, service providers, financial institutions, insurance agencies, uh, anyone that has anything to do with the development, historically with the development of retail real estate. Uh, Mm. We have about 50,000 members uh, in the U.S. uh, and a couple thousand in Canada and a number of members outside um, the U.S. and Canada as well. A couple thousand. Uh, we, um, you know, have historically provided a number of services for people in that industry. We're best known for our large uh, deal-making conferences. We host a conference in uh, in Vegas every May that has, you know, pre-pandemic about thirty-five thousand people that attend, and then we hold. Uh, almost 100 events uh, annually um, that range in size from outside of the 35,000 person event from a 10,000 person event down to a couple hundred people in local markets. But the industry as you know, is, is, is changing pretty dramatically. And obviously, the pandemic accelerated a lot of changes. And so you're seeing convergence um, in the retail real estate space in a number of different ways, uh, convergence in real estate, where you're seeing retail and office and uh, and And uh, residential all come together in mixed use uh, kind of settings. And ICSC is a you know is an environment where a number of those folks that are in other forms of commercial real estate have become part of our membership. And then of course, in retail. Um, and but when I say retail, I don't mean just phys- just retail. I also mean restaurants and mm-hmm. hospitality, anybody that occupies space within an historical retail center. And if you look at that industry, obviously, it's changed quite a bit with the advent of so much technology, uh, logistical capabilities, and backbones around the delivery of goods and services, and all of those, uh, you know, folks have become increasingly our members of ICSC as well. And so, when we looked at our brand, International Council Shopping Centers, we just didn't feel like it was reflective of you know our membership and the composition of our membership. Uh, and as I like to say, we're really where, you know, commerce meets, you know, physical, a physical community. And right. uh, and that's where the innovative commerce serving communities uh, part is. And we have a, you know, a large number of small businesses that are part of ICSC or certainly are, you know, tenants within the properties that many ICSC members have. And so we're very committed to small business community, which I know is a big part of your it is. Uh, audience. It is.
1: So, you know, if I am a small retailer, um, starting from there, you had mentioned that you do hundreds of events, you have a big event that's in Vegas um, as well, Why, and it's all about deal making, you, you know, you said. So what do you mean by that exactly, particularly if I'm a, a smaller merchant or a retailer?
0: Yeah, so if you're, if you're a one person, um, you know, re, a one location or two location retailer or restaurant, you're probably not gonna attend an ICSC event for the classic deal making or networking that we, we do. And what that really means is we, we, have, we, we kind of provide the marketplace where prospective tenants and landlords and financial institutions come together to make deals. And Got so it. I have a space within a shopping center or a retail center, or I'm looking to add on and, uh, and add on an apartment complex or an office complex we bring all the participants together in one setting uh, and, you know, they do deals or they talk about the advancement of deals. And so, you know, the efficiency of having everybody in one place at one time is the value proposition of our events. And this industry is very relationship oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're a, if you're a one or two location or three location, generally locally based retailer, you may go to our events. You may go to some of our local events where we talk a lot about, uh, industry trends and what's happening in industry trends. We talk about the relationships between landlords and tenants and how you can improve those relationships. And so you really, you you would use ICSC more as a source of information and best practices and not potentially for, um, you know, for quote, deal-making because you're, you know, you're not necessarily looking to expand your footprint in a regional or national way.
1: Got it. So Tom, like ICSC puts out like every month what you call it, an industry benchmark report. And, um, you know, if I'm a every time you you, you read in the, the media, you know, like, like where I participate in, um, you know, the narrative is brick and mortar is dead. You know, shopping centers are dead. You know, retail communities, forget about it. Now, I I realized that um, the nature of these communities have changed. They're not dead. I, you know, I think if you're. If you're in a shopping center, I remember like the shopping center near me in Philly when I was growing up uh, where, you know, once upon a time it had shoe stores and dress stores and all that kind of stuff. I realize a lot of stuff has gone online um, and now it's being replaced with service oriented things or experience oriented, you know, retail. So I guess my question to you is that if I am a small retailer and I'm looking to, I'm looking for brick and mortar opportunities, is, is that where you're seeing the trends going towards a more experience-related retail? Um, you know, has e-commerce really had an impact on the actual products and goods that are being sold by by merchants?
0: Well, I think if you look at it in the in the aggregate level, you know, the industry as a whole, mm-hmm. certainly the amount of, you know, square footage, gross leaseable area and, you know, retail centers across the U.S. has clearly shifted over the last decade. Away from traditional retail and more into services and restaurants and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. you know you, you've really seen almost a ten percent change in uh, GLA over about an eight to ten year time period away from traditional retail. And what products, you know traditional products, particularly apparel, Juice, uh, dresses clothes yeah, towards things like easy. restaurants and gyms and yeah. uh, and movie theaters and services and all and all host of things. So for sure in the aggregate, that's happened. There's absolutely no doubt. And actually, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, the, the media had focused so much on traditional retail. They had kind of missed the bigger trend that was taking place with just this transition of this property into really a more of a community center, you know, whatever yeah. that, uh, that community needs. And that's really what You know, a retail center is about, right? A a shopping center should be about, which is what are the needs of that community? And you should, you know, curate it to the needs of that community. And so not every center should have the same thing, right? Because every community is different. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say to a small, you know, entrepreneurial um, business owner that's looking to start a restaurant or start a restaurant or, or start a restaurant or a retailer or some other type of service providers, really match it up to whatever that community is. You may have a great idea that may work in one community, but may not work so well in another community. You really have to think about, okay, what are the demographics of the community? What are the buying habits? Mm-hmm. You know, how many, what percentage of people have kids in school versus retirees? All those types of things to make sure you're matching that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really increases, in all the studies that we've done, that really increases the likelihood of success. The location that you pick, it's just like buying a home, location, yes. location, location, right? It's the same kind of concept. The health of the industry right now, um, you know, is really dependent upon you know the course of the pandemic. And so the last, um, clearly, uh, in, in 2021, with uh, the introduction of the vaccines and all of the confidence that that created in kind of the consumer public, you saw retail doing exceptionally well. Um, right. You know, during the course of the 2020, essential retail uh, did really well. Uh, and then you saw, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs do very well in leveraging technology to, to, you know, have click and collect and other types of things that are happening within, you know, retail centers. In 2021, there was so much pent up demand for people just to get out. Right. Yeah. I mean, so uh, all forms of retail, you know, began to do do very, very well. You know, now with the Delta variant, you know, I think there is, depending upon where you're at and, you know, where, what the case count is and what's happening in your community, you're clearly seeing some moderation over the course of the last month or so. Um, but I think the industry as a whole is, in a, is really in remarkably healthy shape, given what it's gone through over the course of the last, yeah. you know, 20 months.
1: Yeah, it amazes me. I mean, I walk down, you know, main streets, I've been to a couple of shopping centers in my area and... Um, you know, there's, there are a few, very few vacant stores. You know, and I think to myself, yeah. my God, we just came out of a, a pandemic, you know, an economic recession. And we haven't seen this since like the bubonic plague, you know, and and you kind of wouldn't know it when, you, when you're walking around. To, you know, there was though an, a, an enormous increase in e-commerce sales um, over this past year. Right. Um, and a lot of people woke up that they can buy a lot of stuff online. When When your members and people in your community see that, does it strike fear in their hearts? Does it concern them that that is going to be a long-term impact on their businesses?
0: Well, I think there's an acceptance that you know, e-commerce is going to have a very significant you know, percentage of retail sales in the country. But, but I think what has really happened, and you see this happen happened during the pandemic, is really the way people use physical space has changed a lot. And mm. so traditionally, stores were there for people to walk into a store and browse and buy things off, you know, off the shelves and walk through a checkout counter and leave, right? right. And certainly stores still offer that. Um, but stores have become a lot more, right? I mean, they really become, in many respects, the way to solve the last mile of e-commerce. And so, you know, you think the, the, the click and collect, the curbside pickup, the delivery to the store itself, as opposed to somebody's house and consolidate, I I think those things are uh, enormous opportunities. Um, It really, I do think retailers uh, and and developers, by the way, who realize Mm -hmm. they need to support their retailers are really leaning into it, at least those that are going to be much more successful. Um, And they're really, quite frankly, there had not been, if you really think about the Past decade pre pandemic, there was so much investment in the e commerce channel, Mm -hmm. and there had been minimal investments in the physical distribution channel, right? The store network, right? And then, if you look at what's happened really over the course of the last year and a half, you've seen a heck of a lot of investment in the physical store network or physical distribution of goods. Like, I know it seems you know like it's such a simple concept, but it completely changed the way. Stores are laid out when you, if you're going to really have a large percentage of your sales be click and collect, click and collect or curbside pickup, right? That's going to change the way the store is laid out pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. How much of the store is is devoted towards the shelf space? How much of it is devoted towards back office uh, and and storage capabilities? How much of it is uh, are you going to allow for people to have? You know, goods set up so you can literally just walk in and grab your stuff and walk out. Yep. And then the and then the integration of that with you know with technology and and smartphones and yep. you know I don't know about you, but I mean I go out to eat all the time because yep. we're empty nesters basically.
1: Yep.
0: But I, I mean, I don't know that I go out to eat. I order out all the time, yep. and then I yep. order out on my phone and I go to pick it up right. Yep. I mean, just think about that concept where every not just the major restaurant chains but almost every small restaurant has some type of either they are they are partnering with some technology provider or they built their own interface yep. for you to go online to curate what you want and Fifteen minutes later, it's there for you, or you hire Doordash or Postmates or somebody to deliver it to you. Sure. So mousing, it's a, it's amazing the amount of change that's happened over such a short period of time, and I think that all has an impact upon the physical composition of what's in retail. So, well, that
1: yeah, and that the physical composition is is obviously would be the biggest impact I would think. I mean, like you give the example of going out and picking up food. Um, we do the same thing, you know, all the time. You know, particularly during COVID, and we had food delivered. I think a lot of restaurants, a lot of retailers realize that they can be just as profitable, if not more profitable you know, with that model, you know, combined with some type of brick and mortar presence. Um, that's got to put pressure though on you know, on leasing space. You know, I would think that right. a lot of retailers well, and even restaurateurs would need less space. Are you seeing that? Do you agree with that?
0: Well, or or they need more, right? Because mm. don't you need to be closer to your customer to deliver that? I mean, you need sure. to to actually get that, those, to deliver those goods just in time. You need to have a location that's close to where your customers are. And so actually leasing demand right now, again, not, I think a lot of people were completely surprised by this, but leasing demand again, in late 2020 and into 2021 has been exceptionally strong, the strongest leasing demand we've seen in the last five to seven years.
1: Isn't that amazing? And that was exactly the opposite of what was predicted, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. And you're right when when I think about it closely. I mean, look, look, Amazon... Are building warehouses everywhere. You know, I mean, between where I am in Philly and New York, I mean, you know, you know, industrial warehouse space is being snapped up. And it's not just them; it's Amazon, Target, maybe Walmart. Um, you know, because they want to be close to their customers. Like you said, the example of your, you know, of your your members as well. Who's who's leasing? You know, when you say that leasing demand well, is all, up, all of the, you-
0: all of the all those folks that you mentioned, uh, and <laughs> a lot of other major retailers, but. Also, a lot of small businesses too. I mean, yeah. you know, sadly, and I and I, I mean, this the the pandemic disproportionately hit the small business community. Yeah, I mean, disproportionately, you know, hit the small business community. And while, you know, the government did do a number of you know, positive things, we've always believed they needed to do more. Um, you know, we've uh, we've been a big proponent of a small business comeback act to really help uh, a number of small businesses that really did not get. Uh, that didn't participate in, in the payroll protection program, or it just didn't, you know, it didn't cascade yep. uh, the network. Or the rest, a restaurant
1: revitalization up. fund, for example. Even that, which was, was
0: oversubscribed from the day that, you know, yeah. it, it, it got introduced. Yeah. So I think small businesses, have, and there's been a lot of small business disruption. I mean, there's a lot of small businesses that have obviously failed tragically through this. But then, you know, with the nature of capitalism, right, and entrepreneurship where one business fails, something else emerges in that space. And so you're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of, you know, new, uh, innovative small business concepts happen, uh, particularly in, you know, kind of specialty retail services, restaurants and hospitality, uh, for sure. Um, But then you're seeing a lot of large retailers. I mean, there's a, you know, those essential retailers that did really well during the pandemic have learned something. People still went to their stores in the yes. middle of the pandemic, right? Which tells you something pretty important about the social nature of, of people. And they also learned, remember that, you know, we've kind of all grown up with this concept that we think there's like a constitutional right to free shipping. But it's really <laughs> not, it's really not free, right? Somebody's right. paying for it. Right. And so if that if that retailer can do something to entice you to come to the store to pick up those goods and services. They've saved that margin of shipping and margin in shipping is quite expensive, right? Depending upon what you've ordered. So if I can get you to come to the store, I've saved an awful lot of profit. And, and so that's why you see these retailers. It's like their, their margins, right? I mean, to the their margins on in-store sales and in-store pickup are dramatically dramatically better than e-commerce and so just Mm. like any smart business person and the pandemic really made that glaringly obvious i want to get as many people into my store as possible Mm. and so i'm going to do whatever i can because i i mean a customer then absorbs the distribution cost right whether they walk into the store or they pick it up curbside i didn't have to ship it to their house right so whatever I can do to make it easier for that customer to pick up those goods, I've just, by definition, have increased my profit margin. Yep. And so I would say even the small retailers and small restaurants invest in technology, that front-end technology. But if you can, you can compete with the Amazons of the world. But the way you compete is to get them to come to your store. You can save that margin
1: the very least having options for your customers as well. There are going to be a percentage of people that just will never come to your store and they prefer to yeah. get it delivered. And you need to make sure you've got yourself uh, you know, a model where you can do that, but then you're going to have a percentage of just like, you know, listen, I still read the paper every day. I know the few and the proud, you know, I look at the sports section of the inquire there is, you know, People that will want to come to the store. You still read that the is...
0: box? You read the box first? You yeah, that? I thought the box honest <laughs> to God. I read
1: the columns. I don't know why. I've just been doing this as a kid. And maybe those things that will just change as my generation dies out. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, for the foreseeable future, you just have to continue to offer, you know, offer those different options to your customers. Cause it's a um, different people want different things. Tom, where do you where do you see this going? Like for for starters to, you know, are 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 more malls and shopping centers and retail complexes being built? It it seems to me, yeah,
0: right? Um, not, not malls for right. sure. So we've been, you know, the the number of malls in the U.S. has, you know, been give or take around a thousand for the last decade or so. And right. and obviously the mall in the mall segment was particularly hard hit during the pandemic. Right. So uh, there's no, you know, there's no avoiding that. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, very strong. Uh, malls in the U.S. that will continue that are thriving and will continue to thrive, right? And um, and so you'll continue to see disruption in the mall segment for sure, but that's not the demise of malls generally. I mean, there there's going to be um, hundreds of malls that are going to do very well, and right. I'm sure you probably know a few in your area in Philadelphia King of do well. Like and on. King of Prussia is a great yep. example, and yet there's you know and there might be others that don't do quite as well, and so. You know, that's about, um, you know, that's about the mix, you know, what's in that mall, what the, you know, how well it caters, how much investment's been put in that property over a period of time. Mm. Obviously, the tenant mix is is exceptionally important. Mm. I think in the open air space, um, you know, kind of your traditional uh, neighborhood shopping center, grocery anchored neighborhood shopping center or retail center. um, I think there's a, you know, you're going to continue to see some consolidation in that space. Um, because I think there's, there's you know, the, the benefits of scale are clearly there. Um, but I think there's still growth in that space. Um, and I think the pandemic proved the importance of kind of that grocery anchored space being close to your, you know, your customer, your consumer and ability to serve that last mile. So I think the composition um, will continue to evolve. I mean, look at what's happening in healthcare, and you know the growth of kind of pharmaceutical pharmacies and healthcare retailers, and the integration of that with you know uh, uh, healthcare itself. You know, you go to a CVS or a Rite Aid or a Walgreens, you can see the doctor, you can do a whole host of things, while you also buy you know some goods. And so right. I think you're going to see a bunch of that kind of stuff uh, continue to take place. So I think I think they're not you know when people talk about physical retail it's a big industry and you know the different sectors and different markets by the way are very different we're you know in the in the midst of a lot of demographic change in our country in regards to pop, where populations growing mm-hmm. um and where populations growing generally retail grows too um right. because people buy stuff and also the rise of the millennials which are they're getting into their prime consumption years and Generally when they start having kids and buy homes, retail does very well uh, right. in that environment.
1: Right. So based on that, you're talking about the rise in different, you know, places of the country and you know the rise of the millennials. Where, you know, if I'm a if I'm a young retailer, if I'm if I'm interested in starting up a retail business, I mean, you've been in this world for a while. Where do you see the opportunities?
0: Well, I think there's opportunities in every market, right? I mean, you back to back to you just have to be, you know smart about kind of doing your research and making sure you you match up what you're offering with whatever the the, the needs of that community are. So I I do think there's growth everywhere right. for a particular retailer depending upon what they have to offer. But, you know, the 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 faster growing markets are obviously, you know, Florida, Texas, right. where po- there's population growth, the south, uh, the southwest of the US, Arizona. Um uh certainly Arizona. Oh. But, you know, there's still Look, California is an enormous state. Tri-state's enormous. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities in those uh, in those parts of the parts of the country as well. So I don't think you can walk away from uh, from that uh, and say, oh, well, I can't be successful in greater New York or greater Philadelphia or greater Los Angeles. Of course you can. But just population trends would suggest the faster growing parts of the country or, you know, the south, southwest and south, southern part of the U.S
1: you know what interests me is that you you know, you left your job at deloitte in 2015 and um you you know you went and joined an organization that at the time again the narrative is retail is dead and malls are shutting and you know it's whatever what uh, clearly you saw something different right and what you saw is playing out why did you why did you decide to head into this and you could have gone i'm sure many different places what was it that you saw in this that you want to share with the rest of us.
0: Well, I mean, I saw, you know, from a from a personal standpoint, it was a challenge. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it was a it was a new and different challenge, and and so that was certainly part of it. And that's part of my DNA. I like challenges. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It just <laughs> is what it is. But I also saw this enormous industry. I mean, it's an enormous industry, right? I mean, think about every community and across the world. Yeah. You know, this is the glue that holds communities together. It brings life to communities. The 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 retail, the restaurants, the service, all these folks that are in these neighborhood centers, the malls, so that's what brings life to communities. It's not the office buildings, mm-hmm. it's not the houses that just sit there. It's where people congregate and come mm-hmm. together. And and I just did the research and I you know, the research the data is pretty un, pretty undeniable that first of all the narrative around the growth of e-commerce, which was significant, the rate of e-commerce growth. But as a percentage of total retail sales and consumer spend, it was still pretty small. And quite right. frankly, it's still, it's still relatively small. Right. I mean, as a percentage, about 15%. Okay, right. we just went through a global pandemic where people couldn't leave their houses. And yeah. you still, it's only 15%. Now, what's happened is those lines, and I, and I really do think, and this is what I kind of, I'm not saying that I saw this as clearly as I do now, but I believe that there would always be this enormously important role for retail. It's where, it's where, you know, it's a lifeblood of communities. But what is really taking place is that, you know, there's so much of the narrative is either or, you know, it's either e-commerce or it's buying in a store. And it's not anymore. I mean, people do both. And they expect to be able to do both. And those, there's a very small number of retailers that are only e-commerce only. And generally those other than Amazon are not very profitable. Amazon has enormous scale and they have scale beyond anything that anybody else can even come close to. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they are also moving into physical retail, right? They are. And, and there's very few large retail chains that are only physical. Uh, you know most of them have moved into e-commerce as well so you've seen this blurring of lines and those most successful retailers are those that are going to you know serve their customers wherever they want to be served the only channel that matters is the consumer channel and you know i i actually think the next 10 years or so in this industry because it's where you know, there's where people when we talk about commerce and the economy and all that kind of stuff i mean there's there's obviously so many Remarkable things happening in the technology space, in the biomed space, and the financial services industry, and so forth. But the everyday American, this is this is commerce, right? Yes. And we buy stuff yes. and we utilize stuff. And it's all of these trends are converging in this one. So even the, even the investment in the tech, the innovation that's taking in the financial, you know, services industry. Think of all the new intermediaries there whether it's the Venmos of the world, you know, or Mm -hmm. just the ability, all these, the ability to to exchange current cryptocurrency is going to have Mm -hmm. an impact, right? Mm -hmm. All those things are going to have an impact on this space. And it's not going to be an esoteric thing that happens in, you know, some computer system somewhere. It's going to be how people actually, you know, buy and pay for stuff in their Mm day-to-day life. And so that, you know, I got excited about that. I thought, you know, I kind of saw that this was a place that was really at the cutting edge of, you know, commercial innovation. And I wanted to be part of that.
1: Tom McGee is the president and CEO at ICSC. Tom, thank you so much for sharing your insights. I know it's just really valuable for for our listeners, particularly those in the retail space and development space as well. So thank you for coming on board. Thanks, Gene. Uh, if you'd like more information, uh, help, advice, and running your business, by all means, please join us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks for joining us for this episode, and I'm sure we will see you again in the future. Take care.
0: This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021 All Rights Reserved.